Out on the road, there are fireflies circling. Deep in the woods where the lost souls hide. Over the hill, there are men returning, trying to find some peace of mind. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This discography blast is Opeth, and it's being brought to you by me, of course. But on this journey with me, as always, are my three brothers in arms here. We got the Reverend Ben Lindsay, the Dr. David Pizzo, and the murder basement Gabe Cooper. How y'all doing tonight, gentlemen? Somewhere between deliverance and damnation, I suppose. So Blackwater Park, Park, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Blackwater Park. I'm a ghost yeah. in reverie, whatever. Sounds about right. Sort of on brand for what we're talking about tonight. So it is. Right. It is. So we are doing a discovery blast of my choosing. And if you can't tell for a couple of our listeners, I think this was about as close to torture as I can get for them. And I have chosen Opeth's Blackwater Park, Deliverance, Damnation, and Ghost Reveries. That little four album run there in the mid 2000s for us to uh, bathe in the glory of them, of this band. I just want to state for the record that you have inflicted much greater torture than Opeth, honestly. <laughs> I was the, say. The, the Converge Blast that's coming up. <laughs> I was I was actually going to ask, Tracy, what makes you think that this is so torturous? I mean, like... We, just our discussion... Ask, just normally we ask you we ask you like why you <laughs> picked this right and it's because you really like it but like you're saying now that you you know you think that it was torturous for us but like well, what makes you think that so i picked this and also i added to the death metal blast at the same time this week as we're listening to this so i'm getting kind of the very opposite ends of the spectrums of conversations that will be had as i was doing this and one david has often said he likes his heavy and he likes it fast which there are moments in here there's one album where it's completely absent and then it's moments where it's not like even to the point of i told david don't even try working out to these albums because he's going to have a bad time ben oh, i did not work out to them that is <laughs> that is not what i did with them <laughs> then it's kind of a crapshoot on where i'm i think my albums fall and then as our discussions are going this week it's like oh yeah but he's enjoying these when he's like it's thursday he's like i haven't been able to make it through one album yet <laughs> so it's more of a timing thing than anything else it's just been it was a crazy week at work and i really can't listen at work so that doesn't help but when it's like super busy i usually don't want to dive into opeth when i get home so for, for good reasons and then gabe i'm still kind of not quite dialed. have you dialed in but i feel like this might have scratched a cavernous itch maybe maybe not but it seems like you got a little more uh, open and with welcome arms, a little more uh, aspects of this band than I think Ben would. I got into this band about 2010 with their Damnation album, and it's been very hit and miss of me when listening to these guys. I haven't ever actually sat down and listened to their full discography. I think everything, I don't think I've actually sat down and listened to anything before Blackwater Park, even now that I think about it. So I've been listening to. And so it's been very, my hagiography with them has been very all over the place in terms of listening where I've come and where I've listened to them at. And I knew this was a band that a lot of people that we haven't discussed yet that I felt like we needed to kind of get that discussion out there with them. Four albums I've listened to of theirs that I enjoyed the most of the four that I picked. Three of them were the ones I enjoyed the most. The other one I picked because it's a part of a double album that another album was that I was going to pick. And I felt like it would have been important to have that album as part of the discussion. Okay, well, let's um, dive into this. As Tracy said, Blackwater Park, which is their fifth studio album, 
It was released on March 12th of 2001. Recruited, uh, recruited, it recruited, recorded in studio Friedman in Gothenburg, Sweden. Had a runtime of 66 minutes and 59 seconds. Released on Music for the Nations. Produced by Opeth and Stephen Wilson. And the band at the time of recording was Michael Eicherfeldt on vocals, guitars, and acoustic guitars. Peter Lindgren on guitars. Martin Mendez on bass. And Martin Lopez on drums. They did have some additional musicians come in. They had Stephen Wilson come in and do clean and backing vocals on a good chunk of the album. Um, Bleak, Harvest, The Funeral Portrait, and The Drapery Falls. He also added some piano and guitar. Marcus Lindbergh played the Egg Shaker, which is always a very important instrument to have in your metal album. And yeah, that is about it. It is interesting to me that uh, this is kind of where you started because this is, I, I think it is without question, you can say that this is Michael Eckerfeld's band, even though he was not in the original incarnation of said band. Yeah, I mean, he missed what equivalent in the band's lifespan, like a drink of water. Of like a quarter, like three months, and when they first started, then it was he joined in. But yeah, this is definitely, I think, his band, and I think it's become more and more his band as the years have come along. So I think even later, I think in the past couple of releases, he's had primary writing credit on everything, with I think very little input from other band members, which is my favorite thing in a band. Yeah, I think he wrote all of these songs that we're going to listen to, except for maybe one with someone else. I think you're right, and I think that that might tie into also some of our earlier discussions that I've heard on this podcast about sort of like what happens when you really just have one person contributing to that creative process. And that's not to say that I don't think the other people in the band have any input here, but the way that the albums end up coming out probably has a lot to do with that original vision, that original sort of creative genius, the singular genius, as it were. Yeah, there's definitely a singular genius to this, um, quote unquote. And he's not uh, uh, if you listened like I did to this album on Spotify, there's an additional track, which is a um, live version of the first track in which he opens it by saying, I am a musical genius. And I don't know if he was kidding or if he actually thinks he's a musical genius. I'm kind of hoping it was the uh, the former, but I think it's the latter. So <laughs> I don't know. Just the impressions that you get from oh, such yeah. things. I listened to that track too. I was like, huh, okay, well... <laughs> Yeah. I as, long as, as long as you know <laughs> I right, removed it. it from mine because it was live so yeah. I ain't got time for that for sure, no? for sure. Um, of the- I will say oh, I'm sorry Trish I didn't mean to interrupt I just wanted to say that before we really got too much further into it that this was named the number one progressive metal album of all time by Loudwire in 2020 and was also number 55 on Rolling Stone's list of 100 greatest metal albums of all time uh, this was, I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like some post 2000 album release. And this was ranked number one, I believe. And number two on it was Leviathan and Macedon have like, and this was that listing was done in like 2016. And that, that I saw that in 2018. That's where I first heard Blackwater Park from was it's been fairly recent compared to Ghost Reveries and Damnation. And I think part of that is I heard Damnation. I knew that was like the major 20 turning point in the band stylistically wise and i was kind of like oh, i don't know if i want to go back further because this is where i i'm enjoying what's here so what oh. were y'all's impressions i have never listened to opeth i may have heard like a song on a playlist i think or two that had them on there like I, there's like a swedish death metal playlist that had a song or two of theirs i don't know what i thought they sounded like i guess i thought they were 
or he. Anyway, they were uh, maybe a little gothier. I don't know. I wasn't sure what to expect. I didn't realize there was going to be any death metal elements at all, but there were some. Indeed, they began as a death metal album. Those early albums are, I think, a little heavier than these, actually. Uh, I went, as per usual, I, I cheated and went back a little bit further. But uh, uh, yeah, I was getting ready to hate it because you told me I was going to hate it and that I shouldn't work out to it and that I should probably kill myself. And I was like, well, this is probably going to suck. But then, you know, I don't know. It's it's a lot of the stuff that they do is pretty and it, it made things I could you can tell how much of an influence this had on like things like sewn. Like there's so many other things we've done uh that don't go back as far as they do. I mean, I think they were formed in like 89. So I, I get that Opeth was a pretty big certainly in Stockholm and probably Sweden in general was uh, a big deal. So I agree this is an important man to know about. I didn't dislike it as much as I thought. All that being said, you are not wrong. It's not the first thing I would go to, but also not the last this is my rigging endorsement oh. this is somewhere between the best thing I, it's not it's somewhere between the best thing i've ever heard and the worst it's it's perfectly fine okay it's perfectly fine okay is i think what i'm trying to say well you were talking about sewn and some former members of opeth are in zone like it it's got its roots yeah, started that, in there that, tra- that tracks i think the drummer was in opeth at some point in time of all the people I've soon would hate it, if my his band was the one I was like, he's gonna hate this. <laughs> just how just how my track, how Mastodon went. And I think this is more it's better than Mastodon. Which is weird because I feel like Mastodon's these guys are much more less traditional metal, I think, than Mastodon is. And that's where I was assuming that that well, we will we will get to that in a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. However, um before I start saying what I w- want to say about this, I want to know why you like it. I will say Damnation is the album that broke me of my even remote, like prior to Damnation, it was it was thrash or metalcore 24-7. There was no anything else really involved in that. Like Scar Symmetry played outside here, Trivium. Disturbed Metallica Megadeth, but like branching out, Damnation is that album I think that came around and just kind of just shattered what I had in concept of mind of musical taste. And that's the one where I really started that and getting into Dream Theater is the ones that kind of really started branching out into more and more albums out there that I would have that I come to enjoy. And I think Damnation is the album that got me interested into other stuff that wasn't 100% just speed. Okay, um, so it's interesting in that the I also do not know the full corpus of their discography. Um, I feel like I've heard some of their earlier stuff where it was more death metal when they had the founder and original vocalist, but I'm maybe making that up. I don't know, because I didn't go back and listen to them to see if, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. With that said, this album, I think that there are some good elements on here. I just don't know that they marinate together very well because like dude's got a pretty damn good. And actually I'm not sure now that I, cause I didn't realize that there was an additional vocalist, but um, his death growl is pretty solid. Um, I like, I have a higher tolerance for goth and depressed music than I would say is at least some of the, the rest of you do. And I appreciated those elements, but I didn't feel that they went together very well. This is like, oh, chocolate and peanut butter. This should be pretty good. But they it was it was not, I will say. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. Um it's so, so it was not ready. two great two great hates that hate great together. It was it was not. Um <laughs> it is entirely too long. Track by track, it's entirely too long. 
um, not just the album itself, because the album itself isn't necessarily too long. It's just, man, these are some long ass tracks for no reason. And it doesn't feel like it goes anywhere to my ear. And, and those were my, my, my major takeaways from this album is that there is some interesting death stuff, some interesting goth stuff. They don't work very well together and it doesn't go anywhere. But other than that, it's good. Yeah. Other than that, solid. <laughs> Tracy's face, which no one will get to see because this is a blast, but I had a lot of the same reactions that Ben did, you know, aside from sort of like the, I didn't even really think about death and goth because there just isn't really that much heaviness to the record at all. And the first time I, I listened to it, I didn't really like it very much. That said, uh, I think it grew on me a little bit. It's it's nice and pretty at times. Like the unfortunate thing about it is that it's not super groundbreaking musically. It's just not doing a lot that's new or interesting for me. And, you know, even CMJ, like in their review, called this like, you know, a throwback to Pink Floyd and the Beatles. And it's like, OK, it's like classic Rocky, you know, prog metal which i don't know and i just wasn't uh i just wasn't here for it and it's also just too long and like ben was saying like most of the songs were just too long for me he does have a good voice and uh he does have you know some songwriting talent but this wasn't doing it for me anything else you want to add david and you know it's okay <laughs> I, it's, I listened to it in the office which i guess is how you often listen to music and is that in his background music it was perfectly fine it's pretty it's well produced yeah as as ambient sort of background noise it's yeah i wasn't that offended by it but you you know you know what i tend to like and and i actually no there's there are some i don't know i i think when we've talked about this so many times if i want this vibe i often i think tend to go to other genres right yeah. like i'll just leave metal entirely so do those elements go together sometimes I don't know. I mean, clearly they've been at this a long time, but again, I think it was super fine. Okay. Well, even within the metal genre, if I wanted something, and this may not be exactly what they were going for, but the vibe that I got from it, if I wanted something that was just, you know, depressed metal, I would just go listen to Sentenced and would get much more of a metal, even though a slower tempo than this in certain places fixed than what I got from Opeth on this particular album anyway. I think they're better songwriters in Sentenced, at least off the one album we've had. I disagree but that's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I think part of it is for me, listening to the, a lot of Opeth stuff is you get in a sense, the beauty and the beast aspect behind it. Cause you do have that heaviness that comes along with it. And then you also get these elements of levity that come across that. Well, I think you guys probably go to other genres and get like full albums of it. Like I enjoy that alternating and, playing this for a little bit, playing it, and then move over here for a little bit aspect that this album brings out. I like going from Blepper Infinity and Bleak and then falling into Harvest and kind of floating away and then like coming back in for the Drippery Falls and then falling into the dirge of for November kind of aspects of it. Like it's was that your way of saying I kind of like them all? I mean I was gonna say I kinda it's not kinda I do like them all. Like I was kind of like if I had to pull tracks off for specific list and I couldn't think of any of that like specific I want to do. I mean, like Patterns in the Ivy, it's a short two-minute little instrumental, but even that's still pretty sounding that adds a nice little touch into Blackwater Park. So I guess we're kind of already talking about songs. Um, so I will say that I liked Harvest. I, I thought that was a, a decent song. Um, and then the Drapery Falls started. And I was like, is this even a different song? So yeah, that was that was kind of my thoughts on the songs. So I think the first two tracks are actually pretty decent, although, as said, uh, too long. Bleak is like the heaviest track on the record, I think. 
I, that's one of the reasons that I like it. I also think the funeral portrait has a nice melody to it. Some of the less heavy songs are also just pretty, but again, they're too long. I think the last, I think Blackwater Park is a pretty decent closer because it has just a really sick riff, but again, too long. I think this album could have gotten by, um, you know, 40 minutes and would have been perfect. I mean, I think by the what nation way, was sort of an all or nothing kind of thing, I guess. I don't know. None of them really stood out to me very much. They're all fine. They're all super fine. Okay. That's what I think. I didn't pull any of these and put them on a playlist, I don't think. Maybe, let me double check. I may have grabbed one or two. So let me give Tracy a ray of hope. I mean, wasn't a lot of ray of hope to be expected for this. <laughs> it was necessary, though, for y'all's training. And, I, and as I said a couple weeks ago, I, I feel like, after heard these albums had click and feeling a lot of like, oh, that's Tracy's musical taste and make some like connections there. I lied. I grabbed a couple of things off Ghost Reveries. <laughs> so it was later. And I did like the later albums maybe a little more than this one. This one's okay, but not entirely a genre, but it's pretty. And, you know, he obviously knows how to write music. So uh, I'm glad tra- I'm glad it makes Tracy happy. That it does. That it does. All right. So next we have Deliverance, which is doing math at home would be their sixth studio album released on november 12th of 2002 also recorded at studio fredman in gothenburg and next thing studio in gothenburg runtime 61 minutes and 45 seconds label is coke and music for the nations mike ackerfeld and stephen wilson are your producers mike is not pretending that the rest of the band had production on this one. Um, personnel, Mike Ackerfeld on vocals, electric and acoustic guitars, Peter Lindgren on electric guitars, Martin Mendez on bass guitars, and Martin Lopez on drums and percussion. And Stephen Wilson does some backing vocals on this, um, plays some guitars, some mellotron, the piano and keyboards. And that is it as far as personnel. This is the one I was least familiar with coming into this blast. That's the one I had heard the least. And the only reason I included it as previously said it was because this was recorded at the same time at Damnation. And Damnation is my favorite album by them. Spoilers. And so I felt like it was necessary for part of the discussion to be had. And this was the one that you said um, was supposed to come out together with uh, with Damnation. Yeah, originally, I think they, Damnation Delivers was supposed to be released as a double album, and the regular label said no, and so they released this at the end of the year, and Damnation at the beginning of the next year. Yeah, they were released five months apart. Um, whether they were supposed to be released as a double album, and the label said no, I don't know. Um, my thoughts going into this one were... I liked that they had turned up the heaviness a little bit from the previous album, but I also thought that even if the experimental things, or I'm going to say experimental, but like the other elements that they had brought into that first album that we listened to were kind of missing. They didn't lean on them as much on this album, and I, I found myself kind of missing them. So even though I enjoyed this, the heaviness and the much more, there is a more linear track to their their heavier death metal past, I feel, on this album which I enjoyed, but, you know, I, I still found myself kind of missing them branching out and at least trying to bring in the other stuff. I think that's from the aspect of the, the dual album aspect, because Could be. cause that other album, part two, I guess the second album that came out of that is all the other stuff just in one album. Kind of, but not really. And we'll talk about that when we get there. I, I can see why you would say that. I, I think that it is something else because I, I don't think that the elements that I heard in the previous album are really present on um, the third album that we're doing. But we'll talk about that. I think that um, they may have shot themselves in the foot by reducing the amount of tracks. 
on this record as opposed to what came before because it's like they're just putting all of their eggs in a fewer and fewer numbers of baskets I guess is the metaphor I'm trying to use because it just makes all of the songs the very long songs and you know except for one and if it doesn't work you know you're just kind of sitting there for <laughs> for 10 minutes uh which is not great so I guess my impression of this album is that, yeah, it might have had a little bit more heaviness, but I just didn't like it as much as the last one. It took a very long time for it to get going for me. You know, uh, by we're talking about like 40 minutes in is where it starts maybe getting going. <laughs> and that's too late for me, unfortunately. I feel like part of this complaint is coming from the aspect that it was intended to be a double album. Because then yeah, you would have 14 tracks with a all the ones on damnation come in at less than six minutes for the most part there's one a little over that and the ones that eight but i mean they're somewhere relatively shorter than the ones on this one and i feel like they kind of since they did separate them as such and the way they divided them i think you do kind of have aspects of them um after doing the blast this is my least favorite of the four albums that we've done I do think it's missing some polish to it. Like it does feel a little rough around the edges, but I think it was when the decision was made to, to divide them, I think they put more all of the aspects and whenever that decision was made in the writing process, I think might play into it as well. If that was a decision made earlier in the writing process, they instead of doing like they did in Blackwater Park and Leopard Infinity, where you have both the heavier moments and then the moments of levity, you just have heavier moments on one part, one album, and then you have, the softer stuff on the other album. And I think that just kind of comes into play here. I don't think it, it stands up as well to the other albums we've done this weekend. Um, I think it, but yeah, but I think it's much more stylistically one note compared to the rest of their albums. You know, the songs are pretty long on this one. Yeah, I thought this one was the weakest one of the four, too. One of them's two minutes, just randomly. But yeah, it is a little bit heavier, but I have to admit, I, like Gabe, found the other one, the first one we listened to a little better. Again, I, I certify this 100% an album. And I don't know if releasing it with the other one would have made it better. I, I don't know. How long would they have been together? Pretty long. Um, right around, if they, assuming that they would have remained the length that they are, that Two would hours. have been 105 minutes. Oof. A yeah. been improved hour and 44 minutes. I can see why the record company was like, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, uh, I think they would have worked both together better as a double album. No. Almost because I think <laughs> Ben's like, I already know the answer. It is no. <laughs> it is no. Well, <laughs> don't I don't see how it would have. I've listened to both of them. I mean, you could change the the track, the track order and like got your moments of heavy and your moments of levity or whatever, but uh, that was not the problem, I don't think. So in my opinion. And yours, it might have worked. I don't think it. I think that would have diluted the what I mean, was good on this album. You would have had the original hushed and grimmed in that sense exactly and, and we uh, both which, know how i felt about that uh, but we both know how me and B get david felt about that album as well <laughs> and i think that's, asking david for back i don't think david would have felt that way about this as a double album he might have we don't know <laughs> well i guess we will never know i don't like this as much as i like mastodon so yeah. um it would it would i don't know I just, I would go to your house if you're going to listen to this, Tracy. That's to anticipate that. Would you buy this? Yes, uh, as a, I'd buy it as a puzzle for Tracy to put together. <laughs> as far as tracks, I liked Deliverance. I thought I was going to like Master's Apprentice, but then it just turned into Tippet Grunge, and I was just like, oh. Yeah, I thought Wreath was a good opener, but I thought Deliverance was just okay. And I also, you know, liked that Master's Apprentice started sort of heavy, but like, 
I don't know. It just was very, very, very slow. The other stuff has got some really pretty moments, but I'm just not here for it. Also, like there was a secret track on this and I hated it. I ended up skipping once it got to silence on that the last track. I just skipped the rest of it. I got tired of waiting five minutes for it. 2002 guys. Secret tracks are so over. <laughs> I hate secret tracks like that. And I hate how in the digital age, there's just not an actual fucking track on the album. At least Mushroom Head had the decency. Like, here's 58 tracks on this album with the secret track at the end. You just got to fast forward through the rest of them. Like but, dancing. Uh, 60 um, not, 68 dead tracks. And um, I'll go next. I think Wraith is a good opener. Uh, like Deliverance, Master's Apprentice is a pretty decent song i like the first half of the closer and i hated everything like for the secret track uh i don't have a whole lot to add it's fine deliverance is okay master's apprentice is okay it's an album this is definitely an album and i listened to it and i did some grading and you know i thought about my sadness and my sadness thought about me uh the hidden track i I, I try to be forgiving just because I understand this is a artifact of physical media, but yeah, it's a little abrasive dealing with it now, but you know, this is an album. And again, it brings Tracy joy though. Tracy doesn't seem to like the song very much either. So if I, if it wasn't part of the original plan, double track, double album, it wouldn't have been picked. Like that's legitimately the only reason I put on here. Cause we're going to talk about the other one. So I'll figure let's just talk about all of them. Cause they're both recorded at the same set time. So, so I want to point out that, before we move on to the next album, that this album was in 2012. Loudwire did a retrospective and named it as the third best album of 2002. And I just want to say for the record that if you think this was the third best album in 2002, I do not value your opinion at all. Ah! What was the other? What was the other two albums that came out? We need some. Yeah, I was going to ask. What else? I, I, I have not seen the list. Hold on, so, I will endeavor to find it. So the only thing I think of that came out in 2002 was Saint Anger. Which that is like the worst album released well, in 2002. Yeah, I would say so. They have Audio Slaves, Audio Slave Drink at number 10, better album than this. Perseverance by Hatebreed at number nine, better album than this. The Art of Balance by Shadows Fall, better album than this. Wonder What's Next by Chevelle, perhaps not a better album than this, <laughs> but I haven't listened to it, so I would have to go back. Never heard Alive or Just Breathing by Kill Switch Engage at number six. That's a better album than this. Oceanic by Isis, better album than this. By the way, by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Wow. That's in the metal category? That's a I very loose definition metal. of metal, isn't it? <laughs> it's almost also, as better, loose also as, better than this. It is better than this. But uh, <laughs> yes, I will I will agree, Tracy. But but remember those words you just said. Because are we going to come back to it on the next album? <laughs> we, we are about to have that. Remission by Mastodon at number two. I haven't listened to that, so I can't say. And Queens of the Stone Age, Songs of the Death. Like Remission is, is their second worst album, in my opinion, for Mastodon. Well, I've already stated that I think Opeth is better than Macedon, so I will have to say that they may have got that wrong. But. Now, you would probably like Remission a lot more than I do because it's more of a Python than it is anything else. It's, it's possible. It's Maybe more we'll find out one day. I'm not putting it on the list. It's going to be you. Oh, well, it's <laughs> definitely going to be me. But um, anyway, so yeah. Are we ready to go on to Damnation? Let's go to Damnation and have that discussion that you want to have. Damnation is the seventh full-length studio album by Opeth. It was released on April 22nd of 2003, recorded in various studios, the same studios that the last album was recorded in. has a decent enough runtime at 43 minutes and three seconds, released on Coke, uh, Opeth, and Steve Wilson. I see Michael Eckerfeld is wanting to spread around the blame a little bit for the production a little more. 
Michael Eckerfeld, vocals and lead guitars, Peter Lindgren, rhythm guitars, Martin Mendez, bass guitars, Martin Lopez on drums, Stephen Wilson, keyboards, pianos, Mellotron, some backing vocals, and of course, did the production. This is not a metal album. I said that whenever I announced the last, that this would not fall under Ben's metal album category, but it was released by a metal band, and it's one of my favorite metal albums. It's one of my favorite albums of all time, so I was like, it's going into blast. Um, it's cool dude i mean you can pick whatever you want but this is just not a metal album it's not even um when we were discussing it this is like i you can blame this album for ghost i think but i think ghost does it better and it's still somewhat metallic because this is a love letter to 70s prog which i don't mind or also possibly a love letter to mid 90s alt rock because it gave me that vibe a lot too Mm-hmm. Um, the guitar playing on here is actually pretty beautiful. I mean, you guys have been saying that there's been it beautiful is. moments on the other two albums, but this album has a lot of really beautiful moments. It does. But mm-hmm. man, it is as heavy as a feather. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm not even going to try and argue that, Glenn. Like, I, I, I laid that like, down at your feet. I was just asking why you like it so much. And that's this not a, was, a dig. I'm just curious. Uh, this is the album I got on the ride on. Like, this is the first one I heard, and it's just like, holy shit. And then, of course, it opened my mind. There is a bit of. This is the album I was listening to when I told, was told by my mom she had cancer. So there's a bit of like, luckily it was caught early. So she's been cancer free for almost a decade now. And so I think there's kind of, there's some emotional attachment to it that I kind of go to whenever I hear this album. This album is a beautiful album. It does have, it's got its prog moments. I think it's also got a touch of like folkness to it as well. I feel like you don't have Purta without this album. Maybe there would have more time. Maybe, but I feel like that's a safe assumption. Depends on how much their Tyroliness comes into play there. How is this album? Do you know how this album was received? Like, is this like a monster? I mean, I guess it's ranked very highly. This is the album a lot of the fan base has put on this album, from my understanding, is because it's such a drastic split. And then you see every album coming after this has much more prog into it than it is death metal. Like you start to see it in Ghost Reveries in the later album. And then you get into like Persephone and the album they released in 2019, where you've got like full on like jazz ensembles and participating and stuff. So, I mean, it's this, I think, the turn from where they become a death primary band to a more prog band. So, in answer to your question, the same people at Loudwire who rated uh, Deliverance <laughs> as a number three album of the year for 2002 rated this the second best album of 2003 behind hate crew death roll <laughs> yes which is an infinitely better album but that's neither here nor there i mean i can go through the top 10 if you want me to just do it let's flag get some, some more but let's get some surrounding but how much surrounding do you want tracy top 10 okay so you want all of it and that's all you know oh, i thought say. you were meaning like 25 or something like that no no it's top 10 best album so uh at number 10 was Killbox 13 by Overkill. I haven't heard it. Can't say. Sumerian Demons by Septic Flesh was number nine. Winter Hearts Guild by Sonata Artica was number eight. Below the Lights by Enslaved was number seven. Waking the Fallen by Avenged Sevenfold was number six. Better album. As the Palace is Burned by Lamb of God. Better album. Dance of Death by Iron Maiden. Better album. And it's not even a good Iron Maiden album. Viva Emptiness by Catatonia. At number three. Then Damnation by Opeth and the aforementioned hate crew death roll by children on the bottom it sounds like a weak year really a little bit yeah. but even in a weak year i mean it's, it's going to sound like i hate this album and i don't hate this album i, I just think that this on this album you know I, I praise his singing on 
previous albums. It's not as good, primarily because he's singing clean for the entire album, and there's times he just falls flat and a little bit off key. And I was just like, okay, that's somewhat surprising. Man, it was just like, this would be... If, if I take this as an album, it's certified okay. If I consider this as metal, then that puts it into a different category, and I have to be harsher. Like, to put in perspective... If we were to, if this album came out this year and we were doing it for the podcast, like a new release, I would almost pull it a net. What we did a couple of years ago with what was her name, which released her solo album, Von Giersberg. Oh, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Totally. Like, I feel like yep. it'd be a similar situation. But since we've been 17 years since the release, roughly, I don't know, 19 years since the release, it's been a while. And okay, Aaron Lewis. <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm fitting this album in here some way, damn it just to talk about it so because it has it because it's one of my favorite albums of all time and it loose enough with the rulings that i could make it work but if it was like a one-off no i wouldn't schedule them if they've been four albums of this at that point you're just doing a folk blast and not everybody wants that gabe david so this Thoughts? may surprise uh some of you to hear but i think this is the best one that we heard this week and my reasoning is really uh it's not because well, let's just say for me, it's really important that this is stylistically consistent and they really leave all of the death metal stuff behind. And that I think takes guts. And I think that they do an okay job of that. It's very pretty and it's a whole ass vibe. The other thing that they succeed very well at is they finally figured out what the appropriate lengths of songs are. They don't have to be 10 minutes and they can still be good. You don't need 10 minutes. You can still make it a good song. So I think that was really great. And if I were to come back to this era of Opeth, like I'd listen to this record. I, I don't think I would necessarily listen to, to the other. Well, anyway, I'd say I would, I would find it interesting to come back to this. The other thing I wanted to say is just one small dig. And that is that I think the strings sound like shit on this. They figure it out on the next record. But on this record, they sound like they're in a can, which is terrible. I mean, yes. if, you have, if you have like if you're trying to put in like, I don't know, string quartet or just string instruments, like it's not that hard to figure out how to make them sound good. <laughs> but, but apparently it is. I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I was going to comment on that because, you know, I am about production and I like symphonic stuff, I think, more than anyone other than Tracy mixed in. But it didn't sound that great on here, especially compared to the next album and that an experience i don't know oh, oh you know in terms of the guitar playing and everything this album didn't bother me that much i mean it was sort of pretty it just kind of disappeared in the background it has some very pretty moments but again i'm probably not gonna have this put in my boat for my viking funeral when you all push me out into the lake and set I, me a fly i probably will <laughs> I, I believe that i mean i'm gonna uh, I, I say something here um we've seen this before like when paradise Lost released the new wave album in the middle of their discography that was completely different than anything they had done before or since because i think they they kind of had like an arc where it kind of fit into like the previous two albums but um and i liked that album and like gabe i like this album it's just not metal I don't think that this, I definitely don't like it as much as Tracy, but you know, if this was like the fifth band on 120 minutes back in the day, I would have listened to it and thought it was like, all right, but you know, it just is what it is. Anything else? Or should we move on to tracks? Tracks it is, uh, all of them. This is kind of an all or none record for me because you really just have to get on the ride. But I do uh, want to, I did want to shout out uh, Windowpane and death whispered a lullaby there's a part in that song that reminds me of because by the beatles 
which is, you know, a fantastic song. And then To Rid the Disease is one that I also think stands out. But um, but yeah, it's, it's mostly just All or None. I'm pretty much Team All or None as well. I do think I want to second that To Rid the Disease is nice. Uh, Death and Whispered Lullaby is nice too. But ultimately, I feel like you either get on this ride or you don't. This, yeah, I would agree with that too. There was nothing on here that I would pull off to put on a playlist. If I was going to listen to this, I would just put on the album and listen to it. Death Whisper Lullaby was my introduction to them. And even now hearing that out, that song, the beginning of it still kind of makes sense chills down my spine, even though it's been going on 13 years since I first heard it. It's still one of my favorite songs of all time. My cat is trying to get my knife and commit murder. Um, so. I'm sorry, Ben. Yeah. Again? Such, uh, Again, yeah. Exactly. Depressing stuff from your cat. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> causes cats to commit suicide. Well, I didn't. I didn't say he was trying to kill himself. Yeah, I said that, murder, Tracy. That's, yeah, he said murder, Tracy. I just assumed he was trying to kill himself. Self murder. Or have you not fed him in a couple of hours, Ben? Is that it? <laughs> it has been a little bit. He wants that sweet Brita water. That's what he wants. <laughs> He's got the Brita water. Okay, so this brings us to their eighth studio album, Ghost Reveries, released on August 29th of 2005. Recorded in Fascination Street Studios on Örebro, Sweden. I probably fucked that up. I apologize to you, fine Sweden town. Um, the length is 66 minutes and 46 seconds. It was released on Roadrunner. Jens Bogren and Opeth are the producers. The band is Michael Eckerfeld on vocals, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, and acoustic guitar, and Mellotron. Peter Lindgren on lead guitar, Martin Mendez on bass, Pierre Weiberg on Hammond organ, Mellotron, grand piano, and Moog. Martin Lopez on drums and percussion. And there were no additional musicians on this, although our boy, that Gene Hoagland, does appear in a video because the drummer was sick on the day they recorded it. Because Gene Hoagland has got the time if you got the cash. Yeah, he will show up, but he teleports or whatever spell he uses to just appear, records your album with his propeller on his drum, and then vanishes and appears in the next gig in another country. For another band? I, I am implying sorcery, in case you're, I'm asserting he is a sorcerer of drummery. A time lord or some shit. Well, we're going to find out there's more than one of him, right? <laughs> yeah, the, that's what's good. That's why he is able to do this. Like, there's so one Gene Hoagland and so a gonna, whole bunch of Gene Hoagland bots. <laughs> so I'm going to edit this out. This same because I remember seeing a news article somewhere that said a former bandmate of Gene Hogan said he had a pretty he was pretty well endowed and that's how he plays so well. He's holding a third drum trick with it. <laughs> oh, <not crazy. laughs> I'm glad you're editing this because I would have been forced to leave that in. That might have been the new closer. <laughs> that's, the, that's the closer. Got my third drumstick right here. That's right. <laughs> How you guys named the atomic clock? Hello. But anyways, Opeth, Ghost Reveries. I know Ghost of Perdition is the song that a lot of people choose when they're like, you should check out Opeth. And this is like the song they go to like introduce somebody to the band and it comes off this album. So I feel like a lot of people that associate Opeth with this album. I think they would have a lot of stuff they did in Blackwater Park. I think they have a po more polished version of here, but I don't think it works as well, in my opinion. So I will agree with you that this is kind of, um, I can't, I don't want to say a breakthrough album because they had obviously, their, their other albums had done really well, and especially amongst the prog metal community uh, were very renowned. But I remember seeing advertisements for this one. And again, this was kind of all 
th four of these albums kind of came out in the time period when I wasn't really paying that much attention to metal. Um, so for me to have noticed it and seen the advertising push just points to the fact that it was had hit a enough momentum that it was pushing through to the non-specialist part of the metal community. Yeah. And I just do a good job picking albums from that period of time that Ben just nothing good ever came from metal and I don't ever want to hear about it. He was doing other shit. Uh, you know, this album, this album is also an album and it, uh, I don't know. I think they are a little better at this point at mixing the various elements. I didn't listen to a lot beyond this, Tracy. Do a lot of the just albums after this kind of sound like this album? Similar. I think this is where they really kind of, in a sense, nailed the formula. That's nailed down the, the formula. Because the songs I heard on playlists that I think were from a little bit later were sounded a lot more like this. Yeah. So when this, I was like, oh, okay, this is sort of what I was expecting. Uh, you know, it, it too is fine. Mm -hmm. Super fine. Okay. And there, as I said, this was the album I did pull a couple things off of, but I know we're not talking about tracks yet. But it's, yeah, it's not very death metal. I'm looking at this. <laughs> death metal essentials i'm like i don't know guys like <laughs> in terms of places it appears according to itens maybe anyway but um they seem to be pretty confident by this point and are uh you know i, I agree with gabe the strings sound a lot better on this album than on damnation yeah and i would also agree that this is an album where they have found more of what works with what they've you know kind of developed over time and while they still haven't dropped the annoying habit of having several songs uh, that are longer than 10 minutes on the same album, uh, they don't do it nearly as much <laughs> as they did on their second album, for instance. It's just uh, half that the we listen to. It's just half the tracks this time, Gabe. Yeah, it's just it's just half of them. But uh, yeah, I, I still don't think that they're going too much out of anybody's comfort zone in the sense of like their composition or the the style but they figured out how to make string sound good and they figured out how to play heavy again uh so i i dig that and um i would definitely come back to you know tracks on this if not the entire record and there so, are there are more of the tracks on here that i thought i think too were ones where i was okay sitting through <laughs> to you know what i mean like i was okay sort of like okay there's a good riff here i can latch onto that and if the you know the heavy part drops out for a couple of minutes i'm not going to mind but maybe that was just like i don't know stockholm syndrome or like i was just like used <laughs> to it i do think that this takes what they were trying to do on blackwater park and that's a more successful uh, um, execution of it. I do think that the Jens Balgren's production is better than what had been on the previous three albums. So I think that there is a, this, I still didn't like super get into it, but I do think that this is a more um, professional execution of the sound. It will come as no surprise that our friends over at Loudwire may name this the number one album of the year for 2005. So let's play the game. At number 10 was Strapping Young Lads Aliens. That was good. And number nine, Arch Enemy's Doomsday Machine, which is also a very competent album performed by a professional band. That so I would was say that a lot of it's okay, but not great for me and Ben when we reviewed it. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, that those are, are similar. Sounds like an album to me. Yeah. Avenged said uh, Sevenfold City of Evil in at number eight. Creator Enemy of God, which I have not listened to. Trivium Ascendancy. Tracy, your done. thoughts? High on Fire, Blessed Black Wings, which I guarantee you I would like more than this. We did do Blessed Black Wings. I know. That's why I can guarantee it. Between the Buried and Me, Alaska, number four. I think that's the one I haven't heard by them. System of a Down, 
Mesmerize, Hypnotize. This is better in Nose. Number three. Gucciera from Mars to Sirius. Mars to Sirius is better in this. And then, of course, Real. Ghost Reveries. Thank you, for our friends at Loudwire, for providing so much content for this episode. <laughs> for comparison. I mean, I guess that's what's bound to happen when you have one person who's like, hey, I really enjoy what I've heard from this band. Everybody else is like, it's definitely fine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, like I said, it, it, I feel like I should like this better than I do, but I don't. And it's not that this is terrible. I didn't hate listening to it. It, it didn't annoy me or anything. It was just like, it's like, this is just okay. It's solid. It's like music in a dentist's office. I mean, it's like. I'd be you know, awfully happy if I heard this in a genius office. I don't think a lot of it. I'm pretty sure you could hear that, in, you know, uh, one album in a dentist office for reals. I'm sure you could. But Persa? The sweetest dentist office. I think I might have to leave the dentist if they were playing Perta. <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Ooh, uh, doc, Dr. Krampus is going to do your. Yeah, Dr. Canal. Krampus is going to pull, pull your. DDS. They, they, wait, they wait till they already get you in and you're sitting there with your mouth open, the lights in front of you, and then Perta comes on. That's how it's Hey, man, work. if they've already hit me with the laughing gas, it might be on. They're in the yeah, laughing gas. Cool. It's straight, just no laughing gas. Just Yeah. I mean,. And you know, this just reminds me of the dentist office kind of statement reminds me because for us, especially coming off what we listened to last week for Gav, for David's homework assignment of his death metal 24-7, like this isn't heavy, but if you were to give this to a light person on the street, this is probably way heavier than anything they've ever listened to. And so well, we're at that weird... Only one, I mean, the heaviness varies, but I am I only have a heaviness complaint about one of the albums, really, mm-hmm. because it's just not metal. The others, like, it comes and goes, whatever. Yeah. And I picked a few albums along the way that weren't really metal either. So, uh, you know, it's, it's just, this is, again, it's completely competent. Um, but I, I, I guess I struggle in some ways, much like I do with Mastodon, everybody claiming that it's awesome when it's middle of the road. And maybe that's why it's awesome. And I just don't I, get it. And I think part of it is I'm noticing is when Ben, I've noticed like also like newer albums, especially a lot of stuff I pick, where you have a lot more genre fluidity involved with it, I think is where you kind of start to detract from it. Like some just from what it seems like you're where your grades lined up and other stuff I picked in the past. And sure, I, I do think that there's a little bit to that. I mean, I do well, the metaphor that we like to use is that metal is a large tent, but words also have meaning. You know what I'm saying? So just because you have released a metal album, if you didn't release a country album, doesn't mean that that country album is also metal. True. So we went, we'd we say David Vincent's country album is not metal. It's good. I liked it, but is it metal? No. No, two tracks of it. Speaking of tracks, um, I guess I'll go first. I like Ghost of Perdition. I think it's a great opener. The Bang of the Hounds, Reverie, Harlequin Forest, The Grand Conjuration, and Isolation of Your Soul. A lot of these I really enjoy. A couple of them are okay. The first two tracks, Chicken Chain Minutes, so I really kind of took me out of it a little bit. I'm not going to lie, but I did like Reverie and Harlequin Forest quite a bit. Uh, I, as I said, I like this album okay. I thought I like Bang of the Hounds. I put that in a playlist. I think Reverie Harlequin Forest is fine. Isolation Years is a decent closer. I don't know. This may have been my favorite of these. I feel like this is just really where they figured out what they're trying to do, and it's the most successful. Yeah, on this album, I think I enjoyed most of the longer tracks or said that I, you know, those were the ones that stuck out to me because they contain the best parts of the record, in my view. And I also, like, wrote down the most tracks for this album of the four that we listened to. So that must mean something. Uh, I enjoyed the heavy, heavy opener, uh, Ghost of Perdition. I liked the bang of the hounds. Beneath the Mire, it's got really 
uh, nice groove to it. Uh, Reverie, Harlequin Forest has a sick riff. And the Grand Conjuration is pretty cool. It's heavy, but it has a, and it has a good riff. Uh, maybe a little bit repetitive, though. Well, that brings us to the end. And it's time to grade the homework. It is. I guess I get to go first on this since this is my uh, assignment for everybody. At Blackwater um, Park. I'm going to give it an A. 95. I don't foresee anybody coming anywhere near close to my rankings on these, so it's okay. B plus. It was. It had elements that I liked. It just didn't mesh and flow very well, and it was way, way too long. Okay. So uh, I think this is a C plus for me. It's for ultimate fans only. It is just kind of too long. It's got some pretty moments. Uh, it's not really heavy or musically groundbreaking. So I think I'm gonna just uh, stick it there. Um, I'll come in. Just a hair higher. I'll give it an 80. Uh, you know, the length of it didn't bother me. And it wasn't bad, as I said, like in the background. And it's, it has its moments. But yeah, I'm going to give this an 80. Gives us a Thunderdome aggregate of an 80. Would you buy this, gentlemen? I'm going to assume the answer for everybody is no, but me, which would be a yes. I'll buy you a copy. There you go. Oh, deliverance. Ben, tell us what you think about this one. I'm going to grade it slightly higher than Blackwater Park, even though I found Blackwater Park to be more intriguing. Um, I did like the fact that they streamlined things a little bit on that album. So I am going to give it a, I'm going to give it the Gabe Cooper C plus award. I'm also going to give it a C plus. I didn't like it quite as much as Blackwater Park. It's fine. Uh, you know, if you like Opeth, you probably like. This is going to get a C for me. It's just not as good as the one before. And I'm going to give this a B minus. This is my least favorite of the four we've done for the night. Damnation. David, how do you feel about this album? Uh, you know, uh, let's see. It's all right. It's a, it's an album. Again, I don't like it as much as the, you know what I like. <laughs> so, uh, and usually if I want this, I'll like, I'll go listen to Enigma or Pure Moods. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's worth a C. I'm like, I'm not going to fail them. I'll just pass them on. So gave us to teach them next semester. Okay. So this is my favorite of the bunch. It's getting a B plus. This is my favorite album by them. It's one of my favorite albums of all time. It's going to get A plus from me, a 99. I think if you listen to our top 10 albums podcast, we did at the beginning of the pandemic. I think this is ranked like six or seven. It's on my list. It's not 102. You sure? No, it's not the, the game break, the combo breaker. What's the name of the show? Thunderdome Metal Reviews. What is some? It's not a metal album. So that means it gets yeah. an F. That said, I would buy this album. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that is a matter of many contradictions. That is a that is a twist of fate, right there. Yeah. F. Holster well, says so, you're dead. So, but so I what would you. your what would your actual numerical? If, if I was grading this as an album, it would come in somewhere in the C plus B minus range because I actually think it's okay if uninspired tribute to to '90s alt rock and '70s prog, which uh, you know. Is perfect for certain situations, but again, just the context of what we do, what's that meaning? So a numerical grade for purposes of the spreadsheet, where would you put this at? Because um, it makes a big difference from you giving a zero 59. To, a, to a 65 to a 59. Okay. So yeah. I forgot on deliverance, our aggregate grade on there is 78. And I forgot to ask if we would buy it. 
I would probably end up buying this album just because of what's sandwiched between what it's sandwiched between and how I feel about those two albums that I bought this at the record store when it came out. Like, oh yeah, I really enjoyed this album. Here's this one. And like, oh, I don't think I would have been upset. It would have been similar to buying like Load coming from Metallica. See, that's exactly how I feel about Deliverance, I guess it is. That's what I'm saying with Deliverance and Damnation. Oh, I, I meant Damnation. Oh. Damn it. I feel like Damnation is the load to, I don't think they have like a Master of Puppets, but like this is their not metal album that is still good. And I'm not super upset that I bought it, but it's also not metal. All right, gentlemen. Ghost Reveries. Or what would you buy the Damnation or Deliverance albums, Gabe or David? I'm, I might buy Damnation. Nope. Ghost Reveries. Who has it come first yet? Me. I'll give it a B minus. I like it a little more than I like some of the other ones, and a little bit more than Ben. I'm going to give it a B. Yeah, I also thought this one was pretty good. I will um, give it a B, trending towards B+. I will give this one a minus. So an 92, giving us an aggregate of an 87. B+. Would you purchase this album? I would. Probably not. Nope. Yeah, I'd probably be interested in maybe one or two tracks, but that's about it. All righty, there, ladies and gentlemen. The F holster made an appearance tonight on a technicality. I will say, true, but it's the reason they got an F. I knew it was coming, (laughs) but that's your OPEF experience. Our next discography blast is being brought to you by Ben with the Bond Scott years for AD ACDC. Do you remember what you chose, Ben? Um, yes, I do remember what I chose the five Bon Scott albums that he released, which I know we normally do four, but most of these albums are in the 35 to 39 minute mark. So it will be coming in at less time than this Opeth Blast did. (laughs) Oh, why? Oh, why? So we just knock all those out and come back around the back and black to add a nice cherry on top at some point down the line. Yeah. And this will be very interesting, especially coming off of this blast um, because you could make a strong case that some of this really isn't metal either, that it is just a hard rock, but this is also at um, the very early stages of heavy metal. So I think it fits. Well, others may not, and we will see. So for I think for us, the early stages wouldn't classify as metal just because where we're at. But I think for a lot of people, it does. So and a lot of metalheads know ACDC. Yeah, um, I am sure that even if you haven't listened to these albums, and I want to be clear, because especially with their their first two albums, they have the Australian releases and the international releases. We're going to do the international release because we don't reside in Australia. But yeah, I, I think that this is, this in some ways is the historian and me going back and looking at what came before, because this is very foundational to the style and, and not exactly the same way that, say, Black Sabbath was. But this is a twin guitar attack that is incorporating a lot of the blues, but without the sleek angularity of Judas Priest or Iron Maiden. Yeah, I think most, what do you call them? Tracy civilians, people in the street would consider this metal. So yeah. Smell enough. This is my uncle's metal when he's like, I'm going to listen to hard stuff. Right. It's more metal than damnation. That it is. It's also true. Very true. I mean, but that's a very low bar. You're a low bar. I know. I'll make it easy. Well, All right. For the goody odor, anything else? Anybody want to talk about? Not on the record. <laughs> well, tune in next time for Thunderdome Metal Reviews and get your metal fix here. Oh.